Right, if you've just slotted into this um, webcast, I want to just welcome you to Dynamic Web Church. We, um, we are doing live streaming every Sunday. Unfortunately, this Sunday we've had some problems with our webcast. Uh, you know, South Africa's internet lines are offline. Can you believe it? The whole of South Africa's internet lines are running. Well, most of our servers are running through a landlocked country in South Africa and their cell phone company, which is, um, which, which is a, a Vodacom Lesotho. And that's the server which I run through. And, I, you know, that's, that's all I can do. So there's nothing I can do about it. So we apologize for that. And uh, my prayer is just that this will be sorted out, that we will not struggle with this on a continual basis. Um, right, let's get into the word for today. The word we're, gonna, we're having today is a message about uh, correction. We need to understand as people that it's very, very important to have a life um, based on the grace of God and only the grace of God. And when it comes to hearing a message from God, it, uh, we need to hear the message of His unconditional love, His mercy, and His grace in every area of our life. And even if we go to scriptures like uh, Ephesians chapter 5, we will find that Ephesians chapter 5 uh, talks about people that will not inherit the kingdom of God should they have some sin in their life and all those kind of things. And how do we deal with that? Now, I've got a clip that I'm going to show you guys. Uh, now, this clip, I, I don't... Uh, it is a new age clip. It's a new age way of thinking. Um, that I'm going to share with you and I want you to know before the time that I am not propagating uh, new age uh, So just bear with me listen to this three-minute clip and just see what I'm trying to say and what I'm gonna what we're gonna look at is Just some research that a guy in Japan did on the effect that words and thoughts have on water and I've discovered scientifically that this is um, I wouldn't say scientifically, this is just uh, pictures that was taken of water when something good is said over the water. You know, then there are beautiful crystals that form when once it's frozen. And then if something bad is said, you know, something bad happens. And even when nothing is said, but it's just written and stuck onto the bottle of water, and then the next day it is... Um, photographed, then we find these different crystals, um, uh, you know, when it freezes. I want you to look at this, and then we're going to talk about the importance of God's Word over your life in the area of correction, and this really needs to be understood. So, let's have a look at this. You are doing it! Just tell me where you are. Good. But hurry, will you please, because these models are giving me a headache. Ten minutes! in the molecular structure of water and what affects it. 
Now, water is the most receptive of the four elements. Mr. Emoto thought perhaps it would respond to non-physical events. So he set up a series of studies, applied mental stimuli, and photographed it with a dark field microscope. This first picture is a picture of water from the Fujiwara Dam. And this picture is the same water after receiving a blessing from a Zen Buddhist monk. Now, in this next series of pictures, Mr. Emoto printed out words, taped them to bottles of distilled water, and left them out overnight. This first photograph is a picture of the pure distilled water, just the essence of itself. These subsequent photographs, as you can see, are each different. This is the Chi of Love. And we move along here to thank you. And you can see where he taped that uh, to this bottle here. But if you read Japanese, you already knew that. <laughs> now, Mr. Emoto speaks of the thought or intent being the driving force in all of this. The science of how that actually affects the molecules is unknown, except to the water molecules, of course. And it's really fascinating when you keep in mind that 90% of our bodies are water. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? If thoughts can do that to water, imagine what our thoughts can do to us. Well, um, you know, if you look at that clip, you can find that the effect that uh, words has on water is so great. And we can use that in a wrong way as well, which would be to say, let us shape our own life by saying the right thing. Now, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that when we can hear what God says about us and our thought can be in line with God's thought. In other words, if we can believe what God believes and if we can find that God writes His word on our heart, if we can say, God, like that um, scientist, you know, wrote words on a bottle, we allow you to write the word on our heart that says you are righteous, you are forgiven, you are loved, you are accepted and then you will find the Word of God shape your life, form your life and bring a newness of life to you. And that is what, it, what will happen and that is the, the newness that will take place. And if you look at this, it is actually um, quite scary to think that uh, what a wrong word believed can do to you. Now, unlike uh, normal water, I believe that humans, we can't just say something about another person and that will shape his life. Uh, I think there's, a, there's, a, there's something inside there called belief. The moment you hear it and believe it, the moment that happens, you will find that the, um, 
that that word shapes the life. It, it needs to go through the channel of persuasion where we allow that word to stick to us. We allow that word to come unto us. So God has got one word about your life. It's the word of acceptance, the word of your union with God in Him, the word of uh, fellowship with Him, togetherness with Him. And uh, that is what He says over you. Jesus is the word of God about your life. John chapter 1 says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Um, nothing that was made was made without Him. So God had a Word from the beginning. That Word was manifested in human flesh and is seated at the right hand of the Father as God's Word about every man. So the righteousness contained in Jesus is the message God proclaims towards all people and the promise that God has for all that He through, through His righteousness will bring forth life to every one of you. How will He do it? By speaking His word over you. This is exactly like in the beginning. The Bible says that in the beginning, uh, you know, there was water and the Spirit of God was hovering over the water and then God spoke. So when we, we as people come to the place where uh, we find the Spirit of God, the life principle by which God lives, hover over our life, the spirit that says we are forgiven, the spirit of grace, the spirit of kindness, who God is. When we say, I mean, and that is what's hovering over our life anyway, because the spirit was poured out on all flesh. And now when God speaks, when that word is spoken to your heart, and we know God speaks it all the time, but when your heart hears, you are innocent. When your heart hears, you are righteous. When your heart hears, there is no division between you and Him. When your heart hears that, what happens to your heart is, your heart gets shaped by that word. Like I read last Sunday as well, you know, in, um, from the message translation where it says, God, your word, uh, uh, shape my life by your love, you know, through salvation. So what it says is, God, love me into salvation. And that is exactly how God does it. God's going to love you into a brand new life. And that's also what Dynamic Web, uh, Web Church is all about. Dynamic Love Web Church is all about helping people uh, to be established in this message of God's grace and His unconditional love. Now, um, if it comes to correction, you know, the Apostle Paul would never go outside the parameters of you having a good word over you. He will never go into the, into the um, category of legalism wherein you now have to apply your own effort to be righteous. You know, the other day I heard a message where, and, and I'm not always, I don't want to be negative towards another preacher, but just the message is what I've got the problem with. And this is the message. The message was basically that the Holy Spirit will empower you to work the law, and then by working the law, you'll have life. That, you know, the Apostle Paul will never go there. Even Peter will not go there. And we're going to look at some verses now. Um, let's just go, I must just find the right place here. Here it is. Let's go and look quickly at uh, Galatians 5 verses 17. Galatians 5 verse 17. And we're going to just read... Um, from the, let's read from the modern King James. It says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another. Um, lest 
whatever you may will, these things you do. So what he says here, I, I, will, I will explain this, it's a bit complicated English there. He says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are clearly revealed, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lustfulness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, fightings, jealousies, angers, um, rivalries, divisions, heresies, envy, murder, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like things, of which I tell you before, as I also said before, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, now that is really, um, uh, that, that is really such a, it sounds like a negative verse, you know, about you shall not inherit the kingdom of God, you shall not have life if you do these kind of things. But this is not what the apostle is trying to say. He's not trying to warn people against wrong works here. What he is trying to do is he's trying to tell them what brings forth death in their life. And here we can clearly see in this verse in Galatians 5, you know, that the, when we are not, we, when we are in the flesh or live by the law, then the law will bring forth all this death. So, if the Apostle Paul comes and he says those people that do these things and he mentions all those things, um, he's not trying to say, you know, and this is how I see it, he's not trying to say that watch out for doing something wrong. What he's trying to show there is watch out for um, not doing something wrong, but watch out for believing something wrong. Because when you believe the wrong thing and have a wrong word over your life, like in that video, you know, where we just find in normal humanism, you can create by speaking a good word, how much more will God's word of His acceptance and His love and His union with you shape your life and then also how much more will the word of rejection the word of hurt the word of pain destroy your life it will even have a physical effect on you to the point that your flesh will be unable to manifest uh, good works and the good in your life so we need to understand that whenever the apostle paul would correct he would never go back to legalism and he would never go back to willpower wherein you look at the Old Testament law and then follow after that law and so um, do good, the good principle and so have life. We can just go to 1 Corinthians 15. Let's just go to 1 Corinthians 15 quickly. And, um, and we're just going to have a look at that verse over there. Sorry, that's the one. It says 1 Corinthians 15 verse 55. Here it is. Um, we're reading the King James. It says, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. The strength of sin is the law. Here it says, and the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. There we clearly see that the power of sin is the law. So by looking at the previous verse, and then looking at this verse, we can clearly see, and those are all writings by the Apostle Paul, that whenever we get corrected, the Apostle Paul would never just point to works. He would never just say, stop this or stop that. He's not going to say that because 
unless he provides the power in his correction to have you set to set you free from that you will never be free okay we're going to look at one more verse this is in second peter 1 verse 4 to 9 second uh, peter 1 verse 4 to 9 here it is peter 1 verse 4 it says um it says, whereby are given unto us exceeding grace and precious promises. So he says here that by Christ is given unto us exceeding great and pre precious promises, that by these, the promises now, you may be partakers of the divine nature. That is what he's talking about there, that you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence to add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to uh, um, knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness charity which if listen to this for if these things be in you and abound they make that you are uh, th they make that you, that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord verse 9 but if but he that lacks these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. This is very important, my friend. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So we can clearly see here that uh, even Peter comes and he says that, a lack of fruit is not because a person is bad. A lack of fruit is not because there's something wrong with a person. A lack of fruit is on account of being a forgetful hearer and not seeing the truth and actually forgetting that he has been purged from his old sins, that his old sins was taken out of the way. That is what it is actually all about. It's actually all about remembering and looking into the perfect law of liberty not forgetting what kind of man you are and from there you will find the word like i've shown in that video will shape your life not because you say positive things but because the positive thing that god has said is now stuck onto your heart and now it shapes and forms your life into a life that is what we call born from the Word of God. You know, the New Age people has discovered these things, and I think in the very same way with Adam and Eve, you know, they've also known these things, and where the temptation was, was to know these things, and then to try and do the right thing, you know, to be positive enough, to speak positive enough, and then to have life by that. And that would be the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you know, wherein you have knowledge of all the good, and you work the good. Because this is a good principle. It's a good principle that if you speak good about somebody, they, that can form his life and shape his life. What's bad about that is if you want to have eternal life that way. You cannot have eternal life that way, my friend. Um, the only way you can have it is by God working this principle, by Him speaking the word. He is the word that hovers over the water. And then God speak and said, let there be light. And then there's light in your life on account of his word. So when it comes to correction, uh, we cannot go back to legalism because that would mean the end of our 
life, you know. So that is the end of our life. Now, uh, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. Ephesians 4 verse 29. And we're going to look at... Um, Oh, that's 19 that I've put in there, but we'll just go to 29 quickly. And we're going to look at where Paul comes from when he gets to, uh, you know, just the foundation from where he comes from in correcting people in chapter 5. Now, here he says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which, it, which is to use for the edifying, that it might, min might minister grace to the hearer. And grieve not the spirit. Uh, the Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven or delivered you. Now, that is a very, very powerful verse. Um, what, what he's saying here is, he starts off with saying, let no corrupt communication proceed from your mouth. Now, what is corrupt communication? Corrupt communication is a grace law mixture in your speaking. That is what corrupt communication would be. You, you, you communicate, when you communicate to somebody and you communicate to him on the foundation of his flesh and his works, you know what that means? That just means one thing. You, you've, you're corrupting the truth by mixing in legalism with it. It says, but that which is good, um, that can edify a person, that it might minister grace to the hearer. So what he says is, when we speak, and, and I want you to know, this is the foundation of correcting people. He's going to correct them and give them advice on how to live a holy life, and what not to do, and how to live right, and, and, and what to avoid. And this is the foundation. Number one, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. But that which can edify a person to the point that grace is shed abroad in his heart. What he means is, when you speak to somebody, say a word over his life, which is God's word. That's the highest quality of blessing you can ever find. The word that says, you are forgiven. You know, when Jesus came to a person that was the paralytic, when he came to him, he said, Son, be of good cheer. You know, or he actually said, Man, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. When he spoke the words of that man's innocence, it had such an effect on him when he believed that word that he was healed from uh, paralysis. That's what happened, you know. He, Jesus already carried his sins. But when Jesus came and uttered that word over his life, and his heart believed that word, we find that that word could raise up his feeble body into a new body. He could have the, the nerves join again the way it's supposed to be. And this guy could actually, in the physical, start to walk. You know, so in the very same way, you know, we can go and try and create that by our humanism and our own power, and we'll struggle. But if we can hear the Word of God over us, if we can hear you are forgiven, you are accepted, you are holy, you are a co-heir uh, with Christ, and you are, you, you are a co-owner of the love of God, you're a co-owner of the grace of God, you're a co-owner of the goodness and all the attributes and life of God, an account of God sharing it with you, 
You know what will happen to your heart? And when you speak that word, you will find that those who hear that word will, will, will be under the influence of that word and God will bring forth life in them. Now, the next verse says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. Let all bitterness. You know, we, we can read that verse and say, we shouldn't be bitter. And I agree with that. I fully agree with that. But let all bitterness, and the context here is what you say. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. Get away from you all bitterness, including that God is bitter towards man. Uh, all anger, that God is angry and wrathful towards man. Get all of that out of the way. And look at how the Apostle Paul comes and he spends three, four chapters on who we are in Christ, how we need to look at the finished work of Jesus, how beautiful we are in Him, how we are united with Him. He says, he, he says all of that all the time, you know. And then he goes on and he says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. So he comes again and he says, Look at the deliverance that has taken place in Christ. He has set you free. So, from that freedom now, uh, forgive and see people also set free on account of Christ. So here he says, God forgave you on account of Christ. God could set you free on account of Christ. So now what can we do? We can also say, people are forgiven on account of Christ. Let us do that. And then he goes on into in chapter 5 verse 1 and he says, Be therefore followers of God as dear children. Now, dear children means, in the Greek says, agaped children. Be followers of God from the foundation of a child. I'm just going to ask Elena to um, just see if that, do I have those notes of where I translated the, 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 the Bible in the, in the bag there? I forgot to bring it here. Um, let's just see if it's there. It's in the main bag there, in the big opening. Okay, well, we, don't, we can't find it now. But the way I translated that in Ephesians is, uh, um, Ephesians 5.1 is, let us be followers of God, not just merely from an outside perspective, but from birth, you know, where we are born from, uh, you know, from, from Him, where we have a life born from Him. So what happens is, when we look at Christ, when you look at what He's done, and we find a life born from what we behold, that's how we should be followers of Him. Be followers of God as beloved children. As people or children finding their life in the agape of God. So it's not an outside copying of God. That's not how we are followers of Him. What, what happens is, it is a in, it, it's an inside birth that takes place when we behold that we are perfectly united with God in Christ that all our sins are forgiven, that the power of sin has been broken over us, that the power of the flesh was broken over us, that we are really holy with the holiness of God, that we can say the truth that's in the Trinity is the truth for me, and a place has been prepared for me in the Godhead, in the Trinity, and I take that place and I allow that truth to be written upon my heart. When I'm born from that, then I'll find what I behold animated in my life. And when I see that, then I'm a follower of God as a child of God or as one born 
of God. You know, and then he goes on and he says, and walk in love, like I said, and then he goes, uh, walk in love as Christ also loved us and has given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. So he says here, as Christ has given his life, you know, have this revelation. Look at what was given to you. And from there, from beholding that, you'll find that truth animated in your life. And that's the foundation from where you can love someone else. Let me give a practical example. If somebody... Um, you know, we on the way to church this morning, my wife and I we were just in the car and we were talking, uh, you know, just about some of people close to us. And, um, you know, we realized, you know, that we cannot be angry with a person that believes in legalism if the law bears fruit in him. You know, so the moment you do that, you say, this is not the man that commits this sin. This is the law, a wrong word over his life. And, you know, that is messing up his flesh to the point that it can only manifest death in him. And then when you look at that death, you cannot ascribe it to the man. You can only ascribe it to, uh, you know, sin in the flesh, using the law to destroy the man. And... By looking at the person that way, you are actually forgiving him. You are separating him. You are delivering him from that which kills him. Like a doctor would look at a patient, you know. Um, if a doctor goes to treat a cancer patient, he's not angry with a patient because he's got cancer. He sees that this person is really going through such a hard time, you know, and that he, um, he cannot have life. He's, he's trying to live as much as what he can and he needs assistance. And the person can see, the doctor can see, this is the cancer killing the man. It's not the man's uh, um, a bad person. It is something bad that's killing a good guy. And that's what he's talking about. Let us love one another the way God loved us and gave his life. So now we will find that we can give our life. Why? On account of being born from the revelation of how he gave his life. Then he goes on and he says... Um, but fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become saints. It says, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, talk about dirty jokes there, which are not convenient, but rather the giving of thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now what he's saying there is, and this is the way he corrects these people, he says, listen, whoremonging and sinning and uh, lo the love of money and all those kind of things, the people who live in that, they have not inherited that from God. And what the Apostle Paul comes and what he does is, he teaches the people what to expect from God so that their hearts can hope unto it and believe unto it for the channel through which things take place in our heart is by the persuasion in our heart. So, when we hear, and this is what I take from this teaching, when we hear that God gave His Son for us and fulfilled the law, then we say, hallelujah, we are free from the law. But then we can also hear, what we can expect now is that God promised us 
a holy life that looks like His, that He will bring forth by His power. And as we expect that and make our lives available for that, what happens? Then we find that, the, um, that God brings forth that life in us. But if we don't expect that, it is, um, we, we can see some fruit. I find that we, will, we do see some fruit, but we see the Apostle Paul teaching on that. Why? Because if you expect that, believe upon that, what happens is you allow that word and that fruit to be written on your heart and then that word shapes your life. So, when we look at this verse where he says, No whoremonger, no unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of God, I see that the life he lives is not what you inherit from God. So, since we are heirs, why do you want to be partakers of an inheritance that is not yours by going and living uh, in the context of this Ephesians was going to the um, idol worshippers, worshipping idols and living in their sexual immorality as they worship their goddess Diana and all these kind of things. Why do you want to go and do that? You know, the life they have, they have not inherited from God. You are an heir. You belong to Him, you know. And then it goes on, it says, Grieve not the Spirit of God. You know, in Ephesians there, and verse 30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? And I'm going to end the service off with this. What does it mean not to grieve the Holy Spirit? What does the Spirit of God do? Let's look at three points. The Holy Spirit is going to convict the world of sin, the world of of righteousness and the world of judgment. You convict the world of sin. Why? For they have not believed. They have not believed. What? They have not believed that their sins were taken away. So that is a sin. You know, that is missing the mark. Okay? The world of sin. The world of righteousness. Why? Because he goes to his Father, giving the world the right to have life now. So he, he con, convicts the world of righteousness, okay? And then of judgment, he will convict the world of judgment. Why? Because the prince of this world is judged. So he will tell the world, listen, the prince that ruled over you in death and destruction has been judged. His time is over. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And now it says here, you know, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth and because corrupt communication grieves or um, frustrates the Spirit of God. That means he wants to tell the person how innocent he is, and now you come with something else, and he doesn't get this message through to this person. And that is frustrating, or the, the grace of God, or um, also grieving the Holy Spirit. For what grieves the Spirit is if people don't know they are forgiven, if people don't know they are innocent. So, in summary... My friends, you know, people watching via the internet, web church members, I want to say this to you. Whenever you read the, 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 the Bible, know this. Whenever you read correction, stealing, anger, bitterness, hatred, uh, gossip, uh, all these kind of things, angry at people that preach the law, all those kind of things does not belong to you. And people who live in that, they have not inherited that from God. That's what you inherit from legalism. And that's not who you are. That's not what you are. And that's not what you have been made for. So my friend, I want to tell you, you've been made for that which is good. And open your heart for that. Amen and amen. I would like to pray for you. Father, I thank you that I can pray for every person. 
that is watching me today via this uh, webcast. I thank you, Father, that every person that is hearing this message will be deeply encouraged and set free. I thank you, Lord, that the people that are there that have got things in their life that they have not inherited from you, that their heart will not have the word of rejection written on their heart, that they cannot have a life shaped by that rejection anymore. I thank you, Father, that their hearts can receive the word of acceptance, holiness and righteousness over them and so they are set free from sexual immorality, sins, stinginess, bitterness and hatred. Even hatred towards people that has brought a lot of pain in their life through preaching legalism and law. Thank you for loving all of us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for watching this. If you have not considered being, becoming part of our web fellowship, please just uh, search Dynamic Web Church. Um, you know, we can just say Dynamic Web Church, the group, and just ask to join and we will add you to our group. And that's where wonderful grace-based fellowship amongst like-minded people, um, you know, are. You can go and meet people there if you don't have a grace-based church in your area. Uh, the page we have, the group we have for Dynamic Love Web Church is a group where we don't fight about doctrine. Um, we just share in, in, a, in a lovely atmosphere where there's a culture of love and grace and mercy about, you know, we share our lives with each other around the good news where we pray for each other, where we can have prayer requests. Uh, um, you can mention stuff there where we will pray for you or you can contact our web pastors. Just go to dynamicministries.com and click on our web fellowship and on the bottom, uh, at, the, at the top, there's a button at the top web fellowship and uh, you will see there are different web pastors there. Please just go and um, look at that and uh, contact the web pastor if you need any pastoral care. Thank you so much and God bless you.